and welcome to Coffee with Claire. Have you ever had to process an insurance claim and were really nervous about getting your return back? Well, guess what? I'm going to introduce you to a public adjuster who can go in and be an advocate for you and help increase your claim in thousands of dollars. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Coffee with Claire. Today I have Benny Wright, who is the regional manager for Janssen Adjusters International. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We're so glad to have you. So a little bit about Benny before we get started. Benny is a licensed public adjuster in the states of Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Florida, and has worked previously as a sales liaison to corporate offices of Lowe's and Walmart. And Benny is also a professional bicycle motocross racer. <laughs> so cool. Well, um, as a reminder, this is the second of a two-part series called What If? And this is walking all of us through a thought process most of us don't think about, which are which questions should we as consumers be asking to make sure that we're really covered on the things we think we have covered and what peripheral resources are out there to help us navigate if disaster does strike. So that's what Benny's here today is to help us kind of navigate through that, that part of the process. So. To start off, Benny, what is a public insurance adjuster? Um, a public insurance adjuster is a licensed state uh, state licensed uh, insurance adjuster that only works for the policyholder. So never for the carriers, only okay. for the home or business owner. Okay. And what are the requirements to hold uh, the title of public service adjuster? Um, it's much al uh, along the same lines as a carrier adjuster. Um, okay. There's a, a background check, uh, fingerprinting, you know, uh, good, uh, ethical good standing, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And then there's a licensing exam. Okay. Um, and then there's CE credits that are also attached to that as well. So it's not, uh, it's it's a big to do to, to actually get licensed. So, so you can't just walk off the street and say, hey, I'm a public adjuster. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. makes me feel a lot better yeah, exactly. <laughs> hiring yeah. one. Yeah. So, why would our audience need a public adjuster? When and why? Well, let me give you some scenarios okay. here. Um, <clears throat> for starters, if you got up in the morning and you went to work and that's how you left your house and you came home in the afternoon, oops, excuse me, and it looked like this. Ooh, that, that looks would, bad. That would, that's that, a bad day. That would scare you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, another instance is, as we've recently seen in the last year's Hurricane Harvey, this mm. is similar here. Um, uh, we've got some wind and tornado issues. Living in North Texas, Oklahoma, wow. you've got hail. Um, so any one of those scenarios is where you'd want to en en enlist the assistance or at least the advice of a public insurance adjuster. Um, you know, any one of those situations are, are scary enough as they are, and most people assume that, you know, I've got the policy in place, I've got the 800 number, let me call in a claim, right. and, and go from there. And that's, I think everyone, that's, that's what they believe they need to do. Mm -hmm. So when you, what would they, like, for you to step in, what, would it have to be this big of a, of a situation, or just any, any situation? Not at all, anything okay. to do with a home or a business. Um, okay. We don't do vehicles, but we do everything that's included in a home and a business. Okay. Um, someone that has damage as, as severe as this, or as little as a, a kitchen fire, or um, you know, a water pipe that, that blew off the back of a toilet. Mm -hmm. um, oh. It's something <laughs> as simple as that. Okay. Um, doesn't sound like a lot of damage, but it can be a lot of damage if it's, if it's addressed properly. 
Um, you know, water goes in a lot of places we don't see. Um, oh, that is so true. Smoke gets in a lot of places we don't see. Right. And so if it's not addressed properly from someone that's trained to kind of fine-tooth comb you, one of your biggest assets, yes. um, it can really be a, a, you know, a, a problem for you down the road. Wow. So in the previous segment, we did learn about risk versus named perils issues. Mm -hmm. And how do these manifest in claims that you see? So. Well, and we kind of run into that more often than we like to admit. Okay. Um, and, you know, in the last segment, uh, you interviewed John Allen. Mm -hmm. um, John Allen is great in deciphering through, making sure most people are not taking the, the leap down the, uh, the name peril, uh, you know, rabbit hole, so yes. to speak. Um, because it really does back you into a corner. Um, it makes it harder for us to come in and adjust the claim for you. Uh, because if we can only work off of the coverages you have in your policy. Okay. So if you don't have the proper coverages, we can identify damage all day long, we can advocate on your behalf, but if you don't have the policy there, you're kind of up a creek without a paddle. So does, do you work with people like John to um, help them know what to help their clients navigate when they're buying their policies and things? Or? Absolutely. Okay. Um, as, as time goes on, we see more disasters happen, you know, with hurricanes or lightning strikes sure. and something along those lines. Um, so a lot of times you're running into issues where policy language is changing. Um, mm. You know, certain operational side of us is is obviously changing. Um, you know, values of things are going up. Right. Um, you know, even even something as simple as building materials are now costing more. Right. Um, so if those things aren't addressed right, sometimes people don't have enough coverage. They've got the right coverages, they don't have enough. Mm. And so someone like John and I will bounce a lot of uh, you know informational uh, packets and ideas off each other of making sure that our our clients are staying protected and and his as well. Okay. So can I use a contractor instead of using a public adjuster? Not, no. No. No, Claire. No. <laughs> that's uh, not allowed. In, uh, in the state of Texas, they have to actually have a law against it. Oh, okay. Um, contractors are not licensed to be contractors in the state of Texas. Um, other states are a little different. But oh, okay. the way the industry, as far as the insurance claim side is concerned, mm -hmm. um, they don't want contractors adjusting and negotiating the claim because it's kind of the left hand paying the right hand. Yeah. You know, if I'm adjusting the claim and, and I'm looking at it basically, you know, kind of what I want to do the work for, mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I'm not really giving you options as a home or business owner on if I don't want to use you as a contractor. You know, I want sure. you to identify the damage and tell me what my, my damages are worth not what you can do the repairs for. So, so you guys are like there. a like a third neutral party. Correct. That you really don't have any skin in the game. Um, it's it's just here we are analyzing what's going on, and then whatever is recovered, you guys get a percentage of, mm -hmm. of the recovery, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. And our percentage usually comes out of uh, you know higher valued settlement mm -hmm. um, that wouldn't be at that value without our involvement. Sure. So we you know I've, I've never been in a situation where we where we didn't pay for ourselves and then some. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. But the good thing is, is is you mentioned it's 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 a percentage base. And so the home or business owner does get to see our entire scope of work before there's ever an invoice created. Oh, wow. And so that way... It, That's it, different. <laughs> it incentivizes us to stay in advocacy for them from start to finish. Um, and, it, and, it, and it yields a very big uh, dividend for them because now they can hold us accountable. You know, if, you're, if you file an insurance claim with the, the, the carrier, the carrier sends out an adjuster. Typically, in a, in a staff situation, they're on a, a salary position anyways. They're getting paid no matter how many claims they get. Um, on an independent adjuster that's maybe hired on a, on a per carrier basis, mm -hmm. they're getting paid just to settle the claim. So there's not an incentive level there for the home or business owner to rely on that adjuster mm -hmm. to really 
look out for their best interests. Yeah. And so that's where we're kind of uh, on the other side of the fence going, hey, our priority as a fiduciary and everything above that is the Homer business owner. You know, before I met you, I didn't even know that public insurance adjusters existed. Most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just one of these these hidden things that I think everyone needs to know about. Mm -hmm. Yep. So how do you get the word out? How do you let people know what you're doing and, th and things like that? Well, I meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, no, but a lot of, uh, you know, public speaking endeavors. Um, okay. You know, chambers of commerce, you know, business leaders in the area, that kind of thing. Um, try to educate people like we are today mm -hmm. um, before something happens. You know, after something happens, you get a ton of people that smell smoke on a fire and come running. Yeah. Everybody's got the answer, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and everybody wants to be trusted. And so mm -hmm. it's a different dynamic when you're talking to people after they've had a problem versus talking to them beforehand. And so we like to be the trusted resource and kind of your speed dial, if you will, mm -hmm. if and when something happens. Um, the biggest thing you run into is most people think they're immune from it. Yeah. You know, I, it won't happen I, to me. You know, John and I have talk, joked before about some people will insure their house, but they'll deduct certain things off because the house is newer. It's like, well, it doesn't mm. make any sense because I don't think a storm comes to town and says, well, they've got good coverage. <laughs> We're going to go to the neighbor. Right. Or that's right. a new house. We're not going to hit yeah. it. <laughs> Nobody's immune from it. But the problem right. is, is everybody buys a policy with the same mentality that the insurance company sells it to you. They're selling it to you hoping you never have to use it. Mm -hmm. You're buying it hoping you never have to use it. Right. Then you run into a situation where something like behind us happens mm -hmm. and you go, what do I do now? I'll pick up the phone. I'll call the insurance company. I'll hold my breath. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, and that's a scary call. And, and that's where we come in to kind of calm that. You've got a lot of times with a home, you've got an emotional attachment to it. Um, oh, you know, you, yeah. It's harder to think rationally when your emotions are kind of driving your decision making. Mm -hmm. um, on a business side, you may have employees, you may have a customer base you don't want to lose to a nearby competitor. Right. Um, you know, those are all things that the policy should be able to take care of. But you know, a lot of people don't realize that in a policy, in the fine print, it says it's your job to prove the value of your loss. Right. So that's what we do. We're the expert. We're no different than a CPA doing your taxes. You know, you're not, I mean, you might be, but you're not mad at the IRS. You just <laughs> right. don't know the ins and outs of what it is you're actually filing, and that's, and that's where we come in. Right. So. so I love stories. Tell us a success story that, that you've had recently. Um, we've had a couple lately. Um, there was a house fire that was uh, a few months back. Okay. Um, the, the house was unfortunately struck by lightning. Oh. Um, family was home. Everybody made it out safe. Oh, my uh, gosh. That's you know, scary. God forbid everybody was okay. <laughs> Um, but the, I met the homeowner. Uh, he reached out to us and said, you know, what are my options in a situation like this? I explained it to him. Um, he wanted to see what his insurance company would offer him first. Okay. And so we agreed. I said, you know, let me know when they come back with an offer. Mm -hmm. It was a 4,000 square foot home. Okay. Um, most of the house was destroyed. They offered him $89,000. Wow. Now, if you're if ever invested in anything in your home and any kind of retrofit or something like that, you'll know that that's a very low number. Mm -hmm. Long story short, he hired us knowing that there's no way he could rebuild his home for that. We settled his claim for $423,000. Wow. Now, we're looking at the exact same damage yeah. that the carrier adjuster came into. And if that gentleman and his wife didn't know they had other options, what do they do? I mean, they're going to try to find a contractor that's able to rebuild their entire house for $89,000. That's just not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, even uh, take the same uh, scenario. He had everything in his house was mm -hmm. smoked up. So his wife has heavy allergies. You know, you've got clothing, you've got soft goods with your couches, and you've got a ton of memories in the house. Right. Um, they offered them a $14,000 settlement on their contents. We settled it for 212. 
And so that's that a, that, is amazing. So when you're talking about rebuilding your house, you're not really talking about rebuilding a, a structure. You're talking about rebuilding your life. Mm -hmm. And you've bought this policy. You know, you're you're planning on that policy making you whole again. And that's the whole idea behind a policy. Um, on a much bigger scale, last year we had a major hailstorm. Um, there was a nearby university that had a two million dollar offer, which to you and I sounds great. <laughs> yeah, well. They hired us and said we don't think it's going to be enough. And it wasn't. We settled it just short of $10 million. Wow. So you're talking there are these stark divides. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and it's not that, you know, John mentioned in the last segment that, um, you know, when you're buying a policy, you're kind of looking for the features in a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Think about filing a claim as who's driving your vehicle. Okay. You know, your vehicle isn't going to park itself. It isn't right. going to turn on the turn signal. It's going to, you know, fire up all the, you know, the cooled seats, and all that kind of stuff without you doing something. Think about who you're willing to give the keys to in your vehicle and, and to get you where you want to go. And where you want to go is, is to be whole again. Right. So. Yeah. So um, what fears do most people have before they hire a public adjuster? Um, the most common one is that they think they're going to upset the insurance company in some way. Um, you know, they think that oh, by hiring okay. us that we're some sort of an adversary and, mm -hmm. you know, now they're going to upset their agent. They're going to they're be charged more in their policy next year. Um, all bad misconceptions. Okay. Um, in fact, there's a lot of carriers out there that actually uh, welcome us on there because they know that we're not ballooning the claim into something it's not. We're looking for what they're exactly entitled to yeah. rather than what you know someone may think they can settle for. Um, so, I mean, and, and the other one is um, a lot of people think that they're going to pay us something out of a claim that is somehow going to take away from what they are owed. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. We, we only and we pride ourselves on this, is we only get involved in claims that we can add value to. I'll be the first one to tell you, if I don't think that my team and I can add value to your claim, we'll advise you, but we do not want you to hire us. Because we're not doing you a service at that point. That's awesome. It's, not, it's just nice to know when you're in that kind of a stressful situation that somebody's got your back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and know? someone can think with a level head. Yeah. You know, while yeah. you kind of decipher through the emotional side, we can kind of be you know, logical and, and level playing field for you. you know? Right. So um, what kind of claims do public adjusters handle? All the things that we saw on the, on the screen, mm -hmm. and any, any additional things? Um, typically everything first party. Okay. So if, if you're hit with fire, flood, you know, hail, tornado, wind, you, you name it. You know, everything that affects you as a home or business owner, just not vehicles. So it seems like what you all provide is putting a disaster plan in place before you actually have a disaster. And um, so it's more proactive rather than reactive. A little bit of a both. Okay. We try to be more proactive mm -hmm. so that way people are a lot more informed and they can make the decision when they need to be reactive. So know that he exists, right? <laughs> All right. Well, Benny, thank you for being on Coffee with Claire today. This is well, a really... Oh, you are it's so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> this is a really important topic. And um, like me, I don't think a lot of people know that it exists. So how can our viewers find you if they want to contact you for more information? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn or you can okay. go to our website, jansenai.com, and, and you can research our whole team and, and testimonials and all kinds of information about what we do. Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Vaughn, and this is Claire, and you are watching Behind the Wall. What we're doing is we're going to try to make a show where we take you behind everything comedy-related here in the DFW area. Be that stand-up, be that improv, be that community theater. Kind of interesting to put all of those things together and bring it to you. So. Yeah, there, there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes in yeah. comedy. 
from the comedians on how they get the material written to how the show gets produced to how it's being marketed to how those performers like doing improv, how they practice and how that culture is. It's kind of going to be like a, almost like a reality show of everything comedy related. All the things you don't get to see when you're watching the show, we hope to be able to bring that to you so you can kind of see what's going on. Um, it's really interesting, really cool stuff. Yeah, really cool stuff. and it's, it's reality in that it's real. We're, this is not scripted. This is going to all be about... If you can't tell. <laughs> Yes, and Vaughn yes, Daniel. Um, I've been around for 15 years in comedy. I was in the corporate arena for about 25 years, and I actually got into improv because I wanted to spice up my training classes. And so I would go to this little, you know, class on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. I'd look at my curriculum and I'd put something in that I'd learned the night before, and it really caught on. And so I knew that I had something really special yeah. with the improv and. It is just a great way to, to live. You know, it's a great way to yes, yes and yes. your life. Improv for me is like it's a way of life. I got it. I got into improv uh, 18 years ago. I started doing stand-up comedy, and someone said, "Man, you should take an improv class because it'll help you with your stand-up." I took improv class, and I was like, "Man, this is way better for me <laughs> than stand-up." Stopped doing stand-up and kind of kind of fell into improv and started doing it ever since. Um, 15 years later, opened our own club called the Comedy Arena, and now I get to do improv every day for work. <laughs> All of the behind the scenes. Roll the wall back. Uh, we'll see how the performers warm up, how they have practices. Uh, we'll meet with some stand-up comedians, how they write comedy, and how they get booked, and basically every and anything comedy related, we're going to share with you guys. No secrets. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so tune in. For more behind the wall. So here are the top 10 things I learned today about public service adjusters. Number 10, a public adjuster is very different than an adjuster from the service carrier. Number 9, having a public adjuster on your side can help you get a full, fair, and timely settlement. Number 8, they are knowledgeable experts that can accompany the insurance company's adjusters when damages are estimated and make sure they account for every item of damage. Number seven, public adjusters work exclusively for the policyholder, not the insurance company. Number six, they can do both commercial and residential claims. Number five, when hiring a public adjuster, ask if they are registered with the National Association of Public Insurance Adjusters. Number four, independent adjusters sent by in your insurance companies aren't all that independent. Number three, the earlier a public adjuster is brought into the process, the better the opportunities are for helping you obtain a more favorable claim settlement. Number two, service fees for public insurance adjusters vary by state, but usually represent a percentage of the settled claim. And number one, most of the time insurance companies do the right thing, but for those times they don't, you'd sure like to have a public adjuster there fighting for you. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee with Claire. You can watch us on Women on TV, Apple TV, Roku, and other internet devices. Also, make sure that you like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And remember, follow the fun. I'll see you next time.